Guru Nation, welcome to episode 536 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, a highly anticipated episode, I talked to Chris Sauber, uh, who's my business partner at DSCS, Sweat Equity Investments, and we have a candid conversation about CRAs and specifically starting their own research sites. So the good, the bad, the ugly, the ethics behind it, the practicality behind it, anecdotal experiences we've seen. Uh, So check it out. If you're interested in us helping you get more studies, uh, which I mentioned on the show, that's actually helped me, my own site, because I'm a client. My own site is a client of TSCS, so equity investments. Um, And it's been saving me a lot of time as we're going to discuss on the episode. Time is extremely important, especially when you're a CRA and trying to start a site as well. Text me 949-415-6256. Also in the show notes is links to the CRA and CRC academies. Um, And then also check out the YouTube memberships page on my YouTube channel. There's a link in the show note. It's $9.99 a month. We have a monthly Zoom meeting uh, and a bunch of other cool stuff too. So check that out. Let me know what you think about this episode. Leave a review, a comment, show some love. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Guru Nation. Welcome back. It's been a while since Chris and I have done a pod, a good old-fashioned podcast. I just noticed that my lighting, Chris... Happens to be lime green, so it's just—it's not the natural one. I, don't, I just looked at it now, actually. It doesn't uh, look bad. It's lime green, but we haven't done a podcast in a while. So welcome to all the viewers and listeners. By the way, Chris, you may not know this either. Did you know that from the people watching this video, do you know this is you're a stats guy? You're a stats guy. I gotta ask you this: okay. from the people watching this on YouTube right now. Don't worry. Shout out to the people listening on, on podcast. We love you. Subscribe, like, comment. From the people on YouTube, can you guess at random the person watching this, what percentage are subscribed to my channel? From the people watching this video. I would guess it's relatively low. Okay, good. So what, what would you guess? 15%. Okay. Well, wow. I mean, okay. So Chris, Chris, um, Chris is like uh, the wrong guy to play these games with because he knows numbers. The number is 28%. Most people would say 70% are subscribed in. There's no way. How else are they? They're not 28% guys. This is a crime. It's a travesty. We need more subscribers. So make sure you like comment, share, subscribe. We are going to be talking about CRAs today that own sites is it a good thing is it a bad thing do they make good site owners do they make bad site owners how does it help them in their cra work is it possible to do both is it possible to do both at the same time i mean there's a lot we can open a pandora's box um so we just had a conference call with a potential client who's a cra and we have these regularly and there's a lot of CRAs. And I'll just start out by saying we have had many clients that were CRAs and still are CRAs that do well as site owners, but we've had more often than not, um, the CRAs don't do particularly well as site owners, at least initially. Um, 
I would say at least initially. It's so again, stats. If you were to ask the average person, hey, what percentage do you think like senior CRAs would be successful site owners? I think the expectation would be high. And that number is a lot lower than I think what most people would expect. So I, I agree and, and disagree with your overall premise there. So we love that makes great podcast, Chris. Sure. You're, you're learning it. You're learning. So one is I think CRAs have a misconception. They think because they're CRAs and if they're senior CRAs, they think that just means they'll, they'll understand everything. Right. Right. They, they, they know they know they think they know everything. This will be no issue, this transition from CRA to owning and operating a site. And that can be further from the truth, right? Um, they have to be humble and understand that they don't know what it's like to run a site. And those that are, I think, fare better. Because we yes. have had some very successful CRA clients that, are, that do well as a, as a site owner, right? And the ones, at least in my experience, that don't do well is when they don't understand, they don't know what it takes to run a site. Right. They think, well, I've mastered being a CRA. I'm actually been promoted to senior CRA. Mm -hmm. So I know research and nobody's arguing that, you know, research, but to know research and to have a successful site, uh, two different things. I mean, we have clients... We have clients that come out of completely different industries that jump in and do really good and know very little about research mm -hmm. when they start out, right? Yeah. And they learn as they go. So I think there's a lot of advantages to not maybe not understanding or, or not being as experienced because the problem with CRAs, especially experienced CRAs, you are so used, you have a lens on and you see clinical research through that lens. And if you've never been a study coordinator, you know, you're literally wearing like whatever color glasses you want to say you're wearing, you're seeing like just what CRAs see. And at the end of the day, what they're doing, they're doing reports and who are they dealing with? They're dealing with the coordinator, the PI, but primarily with their project manager, their lead and the sponsor. So the job, the deliverables of a CRA is uh, not at all similar in any way to the deliverable of a site owner. Oh, right. okay. what, what, what's your responsibility in terms of a sponsor at site level uh, operating a site, right? It's one, there is, a, there is a similarity and that's the data, right? But that's not the primary focus uh, that a sponsor has towards the site, right? It's give me the numbers. I want the patients, right? And getting those numbers, those patients as a site owner, it's nothing you've experienced as a ZRA. Right, right. right. Or, or generating revenue, right? right? Or getting studies, right? These are not things you've dealt with as a CRA. What you have dealt with as a CRA is, is the data, right? Another- Translate over. Exactly related to exactly related to just to add on to what you said, because I completely agree. This is rare where I completely agree, although lately it's been more common. Uh, <laughs> CRAs, they um, they're not incentivized to think outside the box in their job. 
right? You're actually disincentivized to think outside the box. You're sure you may have a problem site. Maybe you have some like creative way for them to, you know, get back on track. But at the end of the day, you're not, you're not deviating from your report. You know, that's the structure you follow. Well, when you're a site owner, you're dealing with, let's say in your first year, four studies, completely different studies, completely different patient population, maybe completely different new sets of challenges. You have to sponsors, completely different sponsors. Yeah. You're, you have to think differently. You, you can't be too structured. And if you're not willing, if you're too rigid and not willing to deviate from your norms, like your preconceived ideology of what research is through your lenses as a CRA, you're going to refuse to do this stuff. And you, you and I talk to you more than me now when they're clients, you talk to these CRAs all the time and they're like, well, I'm not going to be the one telling the PI this or telling the coordinator. It's usually something having to do with sales or persuasion that they mm-hmm. tend to avoid because as a CRA, you don't really do much of that other than trying to persuade your CRC to answer a query or something. Right. Right. right? Yeah. So it's a different skill set just because, and I, I tell the CRAs, I didn't tell this last one because you did all the talking, most of the talking. Thank you for that. Uh, but I usually tell them, you know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be successful just because you're a CRA. Matter of fact, the odds are slightly against you from my anecdotal evidence, slightly against you. Again, I think it boils down to the individual. Well, right. Both examples that you've used, right? CRA, mm-hmm. boils down to the individual or this person coming from left field out of a completely different industry. I think, again, it boils down to the individual. Right. Can you be humble? Can you understand that you don't know everything? You, <laughs> there's going to be a learning curve for you, right? Yes. Um, I think when they're coming from left field, they already know that's going in, right? So they don't, they, they haven't worked in the industry. They know there's a learning curve. They know they have to, to put in the time and the effort, right? Yes. Sometimes CRAs don't see it that way. I don't need to put in the time and the effort. I already know everything. And there you go. And that's a perfect segue because I'm going to say this is, we've talked about skill set, which, or the willingness to adapt your skill set is kind of what we've been discussing so far. CRAs for the most, I wouldn't say for the most part, but many tend to lack the flexibility of changing their skill set evolving their skill set to match the, the requirements of a site owner. Uh, but the other thing we got to talk about is the time they have available because that's a huge negative against them as well. Uh, if you're a CRA, first of all, you're getting paid good money, um, great money when you're experienced, good when you're starting out. You're getting paid good to great money uh, but you're exchanging like literally part of your life for this because you're, you have deadlines, you're traveling, you're on site, you're doing reports, you revision, you're doing it again. You're not going to have time for a site, right? Well, we do advise CRAs when we speak with them to continue working as a CRA, right? Until right. it's successful. Right. So this is a hurdle you, you need to overcome. Right. CRA, right. Right. How, how, do you, how do you dedicate enough time towards your your new business, right? right. Research, right? And maintain your your 
work and your life as a CRA, right? It's it's difficult. Yeah. But you need to balance that somehow. No, I agree. It's it's a liability is all I'm saying because you don't have the time that somebody who's just comes from a different industry and is willing to just be the coordinator. You don't have that ability as a CRA because you're not going to have time to be the coordinator until you quit your job. So now you have to be a manager, right? Mm-hmm. Of a coordinator. And we can go back to the first thing we talked about skill set. Uh, managing is a, a very different type of skill set. If you've been a CRA, maybe you were managing other CRAs, that would be an asset in your case. But if you were just a senior CRA, not in charge of other employees, you're, you're in uncharted territory once again for yourself. Now you have to be managing staff, which you maybe never have done, right? So that's another liability in my opinion. The, let's talk about what, why CRAs could be good owners though. I don't like to be too negative. So there's a lot of reasons why you guys should be good. And we know a number of them that, that have been very successful and are very successful as site owners, right? Right. Um, Did it, be- have, have any of them quit? The ones that are our clients, have any of them quit their job as CRA? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, you know one in Texas. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't aware that they quit. Uh, you know of another in Georgia. Uh, she's no longer a client, though. One okay. in Texas is still a client. So they're out there. They're out there. It's not like they all fail. You guys can succeed. Perfect. You just have to. So what's the reasons for the ones that were successful? What are the reasons why you think they succeeded? Again, I think that they were somewhat humble in the fact that, you know, it's different being a site owner than being a CRA. I don't know everything. There's going to be a learning curve here. Um, <laughs> and I think both, the two that I can think of that are successful site owners uh, understand that, right? Um, do you know the one in Georgia? She was a cl- she was a client for about a year. No, but don't try to give me hints because I don't want to reveal the <laughs> identity. But I really don't. I was trying to think who it is, but I can't remember. You'll tell me after. Okay. Anyhow, um, man, I think she was the female in Georgia. She was humble. Um, and quite successful now, very successful now. Okay. Um, now I'm curious. Now I gotta wait till we're done recording so I could. Surprised you don't know who it is. It's really it's probably because you're tired. Maybe because I'm on like just a few hours of sleep today. That's I gotta. <laughs> that's gotta be it. Um, okay, but what? So quick. what made them? What made her and the others? What like? What are some common traits? You said humility. Um, I think that's. I think that's the big. The big. The big ask, right? If you're gonna, if you're going to transition from a CRA to a site owner, I think you have to understand. Well, there's two parts, right? One, you have to find the time, or you have to have the resources to hire people to do what you can't do. Um, because what's the transition like from a CRA to a business owner, a site owner? But even uh, resources to hire, you still need to carve out time because you need to manage them, or else who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, the person that we work still work with, uh, we're a consultant, right, for this client in Texas. Um, I mean, 
you know, he has a family. Uh, he was missing out on his family um, doing both. So he eventually had to make a choice, right? Which is it? Which am I going to do? Am I going to give up being a site owner or am I going to give up being a CRA? Because it was just it was too taxing on it to do both. Right, right, right. That's actually a perfect segue. You're hitting all the segues. Uh, so how long is it possible to do both? Number one, that's the practical question. And then number two, we're going to get into gray territory. We're not judge. Chris and I, we're not ju- here to judge anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, you know, allows you to sleep at night. But how ethical is it to be a CRA? And I imagine most don't tell their employer, hey, I'm starting a site on the side. So just want to, I want to document that with HR. No, you're not, you're not really doing that, but it could cause problems. And we've seen some problems. So can you answer those two parts and then I'll give my take after you. Sure. So, um, yeah, I don't think this is something you're going to want to reveal unless you absolutely have to as part of your contract, Yeah. which I don't think it is. Right. I don't think anybody has signed a contract with their employer that, hey, if you're going to start a site, you need to make us aware of this. Oh, usually, you, no, there's contract. Usually the contracts would say competing businesses. And then that's where the interpretation comes in. And this is why lawyers make good money. Sure. Uh, they can try to argue for mm-hmm. or against that breach. Yeah, this is why I just don't think you want to tell your employer because you're in no way competing with your employer, right? Right. If your employer is a CRO. There's no way your single site's competing with the CRO, right? You're not. You're not after the same business, right? There's just no way. But as you just said or alluded to, you know, your attorneys get involved. They can make any argument, right? And you just yep. don't want that to. Have, you don't want to have to bear that burden. Right. So this is not something you're going to want your employer to know about. They can make a mountain out of a molehill. That's a fitting expression for this. Yeah, exactly. So um, if I were a CRA and I was going to continue working as a CRA and I wanted to start the side business, there's just no way I'm telling my employer. Um, so you do run into potential problems with not telling your employer. Right. And the biggest problem is what if you get awarded a study in which your employer and your employer's you know, either a CRO or a sponsor, and your employer is the one either overseeing that study as a CRO or, or is directly awarding that study as a sponsor. And you know, you know what, Chris, to tie it into current events, because this is July 2021 for those watching in the future. Hello, future people. Hopefully yep. we're okay as a society. Um, consolidation is of the CROs is making it even more likely, you know, if you go from like, exactly. If you go from like six big CROs to three, Mm -hmm. you know, now you have less opportunity to hide. And I mean, it's very possible we can get to like one or two major CROs because they all merged. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's another podcast, but uh, point is, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, hopefully, it's not the same team. Because uh, if it is, then you got to disclose it. And we've had clients where this has happened to them. And good thing is, if you're an experienced CRA, you can go work somewhere else, right? Uh, you're in demand. You're, you're a high ticket item, but a, a very sought after one. 
for those watching in the future. What's, and what's that? Changed then, right? You, uh, high demand right now, certainly. Yes. Uh, and there's times in which there's not as much of a demand. So who knows what happens in the future, but certainly there's a high demand now. And that's another great point. Why you want to start a site is because you want to have diversity of your career. You want to be in business for yourself because what if CRA work dries up? Well, at least you have a site. And yeah, if CRA work dries up, the logic is site work should dry up too. But it's not always like linearly correlated. You may find a niche where it's actually growing, right? It's just, it's more options. It's more options at the end of the day, which is always. I would tend to lean towards it as linear related in terms of if one's, if sure starting up as a CRA, most likely there's not as much in the way of uh, research studies being awarded to sites. Fair enough. I doubt it's one-to-one though. I mean, it's not going to be equal. It's, uh, somebody got to do the math, but, <laughs> but I do agree with you. I do. There's a number of reasons to start your own site and yes, it, diversity is good in terms of not being, 100% reliant upon one, one business, right? One, one, I don't know how to word it, but as you said, one, right? one, you know, one stream of income, one skill set, exactly. one Thank career. Um, right. Exactly. Right. Also because CREs burn out, right? I mean, ah, there you go. That's why you want to start a site. You struck a nerve because that is yeah. a theme, you know, and you, you and I talk to these people all the time and say, hey, you know what? I'm sick of like working. I go to sites all the time. I see it's nothing special what they do. Mm-hmm. It's just a clinic with a doctor and they do research and they do very well. So I want to do that. So the temptation is to start looking at greener pastures. But let me tell you, entrepreneurship, because when you start a site, even though it's basically a commodity at the end of the day, you're a business owner. And like we said, to open up this podcast, a very different skill set and mentality required and attitude required than being a CRA who does whatever they can to please the uh, superior. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, We know some of those CRAs like that too. They're probably not going to make good site owners because they're not used to thinking uh, on their feet. They're used to just doing what they're told. As a site owner, you're not going to be told anything. Nobody's telling you anything what to do outside of a sponsor telling you what the protocol is. But as far as running your business, you're supposed to tell yourself what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is that everything we wanted to cover? Uh, we talked about a little bit of ethical issues. We talked about why they're not going to be successful then we made it positive by talking about why they will be successful and this is the beauty of life guys you choose if you want to be successful or not you choose go ahead and choose but it's not like the secret where you just think of it and it happens choose but that means making the necessary adjustments to your mentality your skill set and all those other things so I would say everything that we kind of touched on, it was very briefly. The one item, at least in my mind, if I were a CRA that I would want us to expand on would be how much time do I have to dedicate to my site and how long can I work 
and do both, right? Uh, again, we only touched on it all of everything we talked about. It was just brief. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if I were a CRA, that would be my primary focus, right? And that's a um, fair question because you're probably burnt out already as a CRA. So now mm-hmm. you're just going to add a more stressful work to it. By being a site owner, it's pretty damn stressful, especially in the beginning. Yep. So now you're burning both ends of the candle. Something's got to give. Either you're going to fail miserably, uh, which if you're an experienced CRA, even if you fail miserably at your current job or at your site, someone else is going to hire you anyways. Um, So that's another asset you have in your back pocket. You should have more confidence than others. But yeah, why don't you answer how, you know, how does this whole time management thing work for people who have no time as it is? How are you going to add more magical hours to this? So I would guess a typical CRA is working. The average CRA is probably working 60 hours a week. Would you say that's a fair easy, guess? Easy, 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 easy. Well, I, I, I think when you're starting out as a CRA, you're working more. And as you gain experience, you work less. Yes, that's I, true. Either it's because of who you're working with. They value you. They want to keep you so they're not overburdening you. Yep. Or you've learned how to manage your, your what's required to be a CRA, right? Yeah. 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 So you're able to cut down on the time it takes. There's an inflection point where your experience as a CRA um, switches from the sponsor or your line manager trying to maximize ROI from every possible hour of you, of your existence to they want to keep you long-term. There's an inflection point somewhere around like year five where that switches. Yep. Yep. I would agree. So, um, I think 60 hours is a fair guess that the average CRA is working. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, some probably less, some probably more, but let's run with the 60. So if you're already working 60, you've already got quite the workload, right? Yeah, you're already working more than the average person at 40. Right. So I would guess for a while, you can do what's needed to do um, with your site and add 10 hours to that workload. If you can add 10 hours, right, you can do what's needed to be done. 10 hours a week. Yep. So if you can do that, if you can add that 10 hours somewhere, you can fit that into your schedule, you're probably good. The problem starts when you start to actually generate revenue at your site. So initially you're not generating revenue, probably add even five hours we'll get the tasks that need to get done done right right five to ten hours a week right okay and that's probably going to be sufficient for somewhere around six months yes that's, but that's you're actually spot on i mean it's pretty accurate um as you were saying that i'm thinking about my new site here our new site here in arizona where i'm gonna be the at least initially doing everything. Right. And I also happen to be a CRA. I don't definitely don't do 60 hours a week of CRA work, but I think when you add up all my work hours in the week, I'm easily at 60, you know, with the podcast, with everything, like I'm at 60. Um, now I'm supposed to add more to my own and we're at the stage that you just explained. We're not making revenue. So I can reply to an email from a sponsor, like at midnight, you know, it's, it's within 24 hours, but it's midnight. That's when I have time. Like, Hey, I'm checking my emails. Boom. I got that out of the way. 
Uh, I can get away with that now, setting up teleconference for like a pre-SSV. I can get away with that now. But when patients start coming in, that's when it starts getting harder. So you have a number of others that you can rely on though. So it's not a fair comparison. What, yeah. what the CRA that we're talking about, this hypothetical CRA and their five to 10 hours, you're probably getting away with an hour or two. Well, shameless plug, we, I use our own Absolutely. services. And me, which, which I'm able to help out. I'm basically a client of the SCS. Right. Like, if I cloned myself, I'm a client in this case and right. I'm using the infrastructure and it's very, it's saves me. Actually, I didn't intend for this to be an infomercial, but you brought it up. Good point. Sure. Saves sure. me time. I would have to be doing clinicaltrials.gov. I barely have the time as it is to reply to the leads Julie sends me. First, I got to look through, okay, which one's appropriate, which one's not. Maybe text the PI. Can you do this one? No. Okay. What about this one? No. This is what I've been doing this week with this one. Yes. Okay. Let me email this one. That's taking like at least that, that, that alone is like an hour a week right there. Right. right? So it's saving me time because I would have, that might've been like 10 hours that week for me to. Sure. That's that. the five to 10 hours. Now you've, you've cut it down to an hour. Like an hour, maybe even 30 minutes. Who knows? But it's saving right. me a lot of time. So anyhow, whether it's an hour, 30 minutes, or 10 hours, you're going to be able to do that as a CRA, um, or you're going to have to do that for probably or approximately six months, right, until you start generating revenue. You have a study, you're seeing patients, and even before that- Six to nine months. I think it's six to nine. Closer to nine. Okay. Okay, well, even Which if it's makes nine, it, ex- it makes it extra hard for the CRAs because that's nine months of like working two no 80 hour a week jobs yeah. <laughs> and, and one no of revenue. them, one of them, no revenue. <laughs> yeah. One actually, yeah. one of them might be uh, money out of your pocket a little bit. Well, depending, depending on the route you go, right? That's right. If you're, if you're renting a facility, right? Yeah, that's dead fish there, right? There's nothing's happening good for you. At least in our case here in Arizona, there's no money really coming out. It's just right now, right. It's you know, we got a good PI. We got a sweet deal. Eventually, we'll be a partnership for sure. Um, but yeah. And by the way, I set up that call for Monday. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I did. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, I'll look there's, a, there's a study for, might be our first study. Okay. Um, so oh, anyways. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. They said yes, which is says a lot Good. about the, the industry right now. Right. Um, so yeah, let's end with that positive sponsors need sites. If you can bring on doctors or clinicians who see real world patients, you are doing the industry a service. The industry needs you. There's mm-hmm. people, there's, there's these established sites that like to say, we don't need more sites. That's nonsense. We do need more sites because we need more patients. When, when the number of studies uh, is like less than 10% of studies are behind on enrollment instead of 90, maybe you have an argument we don't need more sites. Right now, it's 90% of, of studies are behind on enrollment. Oh, what yeah. do you need? You need more patients. How are you going to get them? You need more clinicians and more sites. Sure. Bottom but, line. But I know you want to end this, but 
No, I don't want to. We can go as long as sure. you want. I'll turn okay. my light from green to red if we have. <laughs> All right. That's so, subliminal. But at some point, you have, as a CRA, at some point, you have to make a decision, right? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, that's not necessarily true because you could, wow, I'm liking the lighting. I'm going to change it. I'm playing so, around with the new studio setup. So to finish uh, what I'm sure the CRAs, or at least most, are questioning, right? Can I do this? Can I be a CRA and can I own a site, right? Sure. If you have enough money, you can do anything you want, right? If you, if you have enough <laughs> money to throw at your site, right, and they expend the correlated expenses, you can do whatever you want. But if you're going to run on a shoestring budget, at some point you have to make a choice. Am I going to continue being a CRA or am I going to be a yeah. trainer? Right. I you think it could last comes... forever? You think it can last forever? Doing both? No. And, like and... maybe a contract series? Like where maybe. you don't you don't do that often? Like yeah, maybe that that you could probably do. You could do both. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to have a successful site, you're going to have to have oversight of your site. Right. Even if you hire the greatest person, you still have to, you're still going to have to do something for your site. Right. Some things for your site. Um, because if you just hire a coordinator, which you're going to eventually do, most people, most CRAs, they start out as the coordinator, which we recommend they do. Right. Because there's not much work involved. Right. It's just a matter of answering emails, um, being there for site selection visits. But at some point, you're going to grow your site enough that if you're going to continue being the coordinator, you're going to have to quit being a CRA or right. you're going to have to hire somebody to be the coordinator. At right. Your site. right. So right. you're going to have to either stop being a CRA or you're going to have to invest in your site. Right. Financially. Right. And like you said, even if you quit CRA altogether and now you're a hundred percent coordinator, Right. There will come a time when if you want to grow the business, you need to quit being a CRC too yep. at your site in order to grow the business. Yep. So you're always going to be, that's the thing. I guess we could start and end. We bookend this podcast with you're always going to be having to adapt. And that's mm-hmm. probably something that CRAs don't have to do very much of in their day job which is why it could be dangerous to assume you're going to be successful just because you're Mr. or Mrs. CRA of the year. Yeah. First yeah, of all, no one, no one even cares. And second of all, might be working in your, in your disadvantage or you might be at a disadvantage. Yeah, we completely agree. You do not have to adapt much as a CRA. Right. Unless you're, unless you're kind of expanding as a CRA out into different uh, specialties, then of course there's some adaption that happens there. But if you're just running the same studies over and over, right? You're in this one specialty, that's all you do. There's no adaption <laughs> as a CRA. That's right. And that's that, if you want to be an entrepreneur, is where that's going to be your biggest weakness. The, mm-hmm. the enemy of great is good enough. And oh, without a doubt. what is it as a CRA? It's good enough. It's safe. My money's good. Well, great could be your site makes seven figures a year for you. Maybe you're spending like 15 hours a week on it, maybe 10. I mean, that's great. You're never going to get away with that being a CRA ever. Um, so that could keep you from 
you know, your own comfort zone can keep you from achieving more and better. Well, if your site's generating seven figures, you're putting way more than 10 to 15 hours a week into it. Sure. Not, I know site owners that don't, but they've built it to that point. Yeah. Like 10, 15 years into it. Okay. But they were putting in way more than. Of course. They were putting like hundred. Yes. Right. Yes. But the goal, the goal is if you want to, you don't have to put any hours of work uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people try to do that at the beginning. It doesn't work that way, guys. I wish. (laughs) I I wish. I wish. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I think this was good. Guys, you let us know in the comments what you think. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. And thank you, Chris, for this. And we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you.